Welcome to the Brilliant Business Moms Podcast, episode 121, with Sarah Kornack and Bethann Schwamberger. Today on the show, we're talking with Robin Rosenberger, founder of Tiny Superheroes. Tiny Superheroes creates superhero capes for children with special needs or children who are fighting a major disease. Robin wants each of these children to know that they truly are superheroes, and she hopes to accomplish that through her beautiful superhero capes that she makes for those children. I know you'll be inspired by this episode, so let's get started. You're listening to the Brilliant Business Moms Podcast, practical business advice for startup moms. Today on the podcast, we are pleased to welcome Robin Rosenberger of tinysuperheroes.com. Tiny Superheroes has a big mission to empower and unite extraordinary kids as they overcome illness or disability. Robin accomplishes this big mission by selling and donating superhero capes to tiny superheroes all over the country. Robin lives with her husband and two boys in St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thank you so much for having me. Robin, could you begin by telling us a little bit more about yourself, your family, and what your business does? Yeah, so I am from St. Louis originally, and I'm living in St. Louis now, but we spent the last five years in Seattle, Washington, which is where Tiny Superheroes got started. So I have two sons, Rory is four, and Milo is one and a half, and they are crazy and awesome. And so in Seattle, I was working at a software company and I have this like crafty part of my brain that likes to be doing something creative. And so my nephew was turning two years old while we were living there and I wanted to make him like an awesome birthday present. So I decided to sew him a superhero cape, which was like my second sewing project ever. So You can imagine how that went, but during that time, I had also been following the blog of an amazing girl named Brenna, who was born shortly after my first son, and she was unexpectedly born with a very severe and rare skin disorder that nearly took her life, but she was a fighter, and I was reading her blog like every day, and So while I had kind of started this hobby of making superhero capes, I was reading her blog and I had this moment where I just knew that Brenna needed a cape. And that was the start of my business, though I definitely didn't know it at the time. (laughs) I love that. That is so cool. And for everyone listening, that blog about Brenna, it's blessedbybrenna.com. And it really is amazing. Her mom is just a wonderful storyteller, and it's great posts over there, really for any mom or woman. So so you went from, you know, this hobby of sewing some capes, and then you gave one to Brenna. How did you go from that into a full-fledged business of tiny superheroes? So when I sent Brenna's cape, I was hoping that they would – you know, have joy from it, from getting a gift and opening it and loving it, and it would bring them joy. And I thought that if, you know, if it made them smile for 10 minutes, is what I told myself, like, then it was worth it. But what I meant by sending the cape was like that 
from the outside looking in on your story, I wanted them to know that they're incredible, that it's extraordinary what they've overcome, and that no doubt it's beautiful, even if it looks different than what we typically are looking for. And I just wanted them to know that, like, even from the outside, without knowing them, that I could see these things fulfilled in their life. And when they received the cape, they did get that, you know? And you kind of never know what you're hoping will be expressed through a gift to get put through, but it did. And so that inspired me to keep doing it. So basically, after I sent Brenna's cape, I found 10 other stories of children online who were overcoming something. It was a variety. I think in our first 10, we had like a few that were undiagnosed. We had a boy who's, it's called esophageal atresia. So his esophagus doesn't connect to his stomach. We had a girl, Mabel, with Batten's disease. And so they were all across the board and I sent them all capes. And at that point, I kind of started a little blog about it. But kind of what happened was that one of the family friends of a one of those first 10 capes wrote for today.com. And so very unexpectedly, within like four months of sending Brenna's cape, there was a story posted on today.com. And kind of from that point on, I was chasing it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that you just had this incredible mission and you wanted to be encouraging and supporting these families and these amazing kids and telling them, hey, you are a superhero. And just because of doing that, because of having this amazing mission, it's like, you know, things kind of spread, yeah, beyond what you were doing. And I just want to speak really quick to, you know, being a parent of a kid with special needs, how appreciative we are of, of, and now I'm going to get like all emotional, but you know, that when people acknowledge that something is hard, you know, like, hey, you're going through a hard thing and it takes a lot of strength to do what you do every day. It really means a lot. Like we've had, you know, obviously different uh, awesome people in our lives that do that to us and speak that into us and it never gets old. You know what I mean? You always are so appreciative of that encouragement and support and, you know, regardless of, like you said, there's so many different illnesses, disabilities, conditions, but all of those kids kind of need an extra dose of strength and, you know, things like that to get through. So, Well, thank you for sharing that. I fully believe that I will never be able to repay what I have learned from watching that strength. I'll never, uh, like, I'll just have to keep sending capes for the rest of my life because <laughs> it has, like, just come in and infiltrate our family and it changed everything. It changed my job, where we live, how we raise our kids. And, and like, I mean, what more could I have ever asked for? So I appreciate you saying that, but I hope you know that on our end, it is just as much of a gift. I do find it amazing, Robin. So your boys don't have special needs or are fighting a disease. You just did this out of the goodness of your heart, recognizing somebody else's struggle and wanting to support them. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. And, you know, once you start seeing that that way, then all of a sudden it's like I love giving capes to kids and I love finding their tiny superpowers and I love being able to recognize, you know, the things that are extraordinary about them because of their differences 
one of my like big missions with Tiny Superheroes is that through superhero capes, we can change the way that we think about illness and disability so that instead of recognizing people's differences, we're seeing their tiny superpowers from the get-go. Well, you definitely are an extraordinary woman, and that is an, a wonderful mission to have that we that we don't focus on the differences, but we celebrate each person for who they are. Definitely. So things started to take off once you got on. Was it that you said today.com was where they wrote about what you were doing? Yeah. So at that point, I, I had a website set up to where families could nominate their children. And I knew from the beginning that I wanted to make Tiny Superheroes something that was sustainable in and of itself, which is kind of why, you know, after a very long thought process, I went the route of being a for-profit company instead of a non-profit company. I thought that my skills and my resources would be better suited to operating kind of, we use Tom's Shoes as like a model. So we have like a buy one, give one model. So um, in order to give one, we needed kids to give them to. And I set up a nomination form on our website and we were getting hundreds of nominations. It was just like mind boggling because I was totally naive about what families do struggle with and what they are fighting. I had no idea. So I certainly didn't expect to get hundreds of families who had kids who needed capes. And so once it was on today.com, you know, stories like that, I didn't know this at the time, but they post them everywhere. So it was on Huffington Post and the UK Daily Mail. And so the word was spreading all over the world pretty quickly. And I was just kind of filling the gaps as I found them. And by June of that year, so it was like six months after I had sent Brenna's Cape, we were on ABC World News with Diane Sawyer which was the point where I decided to take the leap and quit my job and go for it. Wow, that's amazing. So six months after you kind of had the spark of an idea yeah. and you were, so you were on the show as in you appeared? Well, they came out to our house and filmed okay. the segment at our house and then aired it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it <laughs> was crazy. Incredible. <laughs> I'd love for you to share a little bit more about what that was like and maybe some things you learned about being interviewed for TV and then kind of jumping into that leap that you took to quit your job. Yeah, so we've been blessed with a lot of press, which no doubt is a blessing. We've also like been on the Today Show and then RTL, which is this big network in Switzerland, Germany, and Austria came out and filmed a piece. And I have no doubt that these things were all blessings, but it was actually very difficult to start a business with that as the thing that was guiding you because it is like a roller coaster. And, you know, it's kind of like what we think of success in some ways, you know, and you would think if you were on the Today Show, you really made it, you know, and again, no doubt is it a blessing. But what kind of happens with things like that, in my experience, was we were on the Today Show and we got 400 orders that day, which I was totally not prepared for. So then you gear up your business to fulfill 400 orders and then the orders stop coming, you know, mm -hmm. and this was kind of the roller coaster I was on and it was very hard to know how sustainable of a company I was growing or to know what to invest in in order to grow. Like, do I need 
to figure out how to make more capes because I'm always going to have a huge amount of orders. And so I did invest in that. And then all of a sudden you don't have a lot of orders. And so then you're like kind of starting over every time. And so it was challenging for sure. It was an amazing experience. And, you know, we are still blessed in that way. And I think that what that shows more than anything about me is that the world is really looking for positive things and they cling to them, you know, and our story is easy for people to understand anywhere. And so I have no doubt that that's why we get a lot of press. But I would say just in this past year, have I been able to like, uh, man, I wouldn't even say the last year, I would say in the last couple of months, have I even been able to step back at all and try to look at tiny superheroes as like a big picture to figure out what is actually the best way to do this so that I can fulfill my mission for years to come. That would be tough if you're trying to ride out a roller coaster of huge orders. So did you hire some seamstresses at that point to help you fulfill the orders? And then, like you were saying, it dropped off again and you were left with less work? Yeah. So in the beginning, I was sewing all the capes in my living room with my friends late at night after work. And again, I was not a professional seamstress. So I got pretty good at making a superhero cape, but it wasn't my passion by any means and certainly I wasn't sewing like the best quality superhero cape and I found someone in Seattle who I just grew to love and her and her husband had a little sewing company and so they started sewing all of the capes way better than I ever could and it was really an amazing relationship and actually like we're still they're still sewing the capes right now in Seattle even though I'm in St. Louis So, yeah, it just was a great balancing act that I still haven't figured out. But it has leveled out a little bit, which really leaves you kind of in a place where it's like you're when you have a roller coaster, like the peaks kind of can make you feel like you're really on the right track. But then when it all levels out, you know, you realize that you really have a long way to go. That's a good point. I think it's really great the way you found some other people to bring on board to make the cape so that you could really focus on growing the business and keeping that mission going. And, you know, I I think that's a really hard step for a lot of women to get to, but I give you a lot of credit for doing that so you can keep growing. Oh, thank you. I feel like I'm still in that phase all the time, you know, like I, I did kind of figure out that one part, but it's really difficult to know You know, right now, other than the sewing, I pretty much do everything. And certainly there are people who would love to help me who I could delegate to. And I feel like we get so overwhelmed that I don't even know what to delegate, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Delegation is tough, especially for entrepreneurs or creative types. So could you maybe talk about when you quit your job? What was that point when you decided, okay, the full-time job, I can't sustain that while I'm I'm growing tiny superheroes. So when did you make that decision? So like the first six months were kind of just this whirlwind. So I had a one-year-old boy. I was working. My husband was working. We were living in Seattle. We had no family there to help us. And like our living room was covered in fabric literally it was just kind of a nightmare like my husband was so gracious during that time because it was everywhere you know and at one in the morning when you're finishing up you don't have 
energy to clean up, especially when you know you're going to come home the next day and do it again. So I would end up just leaving it all over our house. It kind of started to like, you know, it affects everything because like, so now you're like living space is different and your energy levels are different and what you're thinking about all the time is different. So when I'm coming home, I'm not able to focus on spending time with my son. I'm like really behind on orders and I'm needing to catch up with that and then get, you know, five hours of sleep so that I can do it all the next day. And it was pretty quickly obvious that it wasn't sustainable. But at that time, we certainly didn't know if it was going to be something that would work. We had no idea if I certainly didn't think three years down the road I would still be doing it and definitely had no inkling if financially it was viable at all. So at first I tried to go part-time at my work and they were very supportive, but it didn't work out. And so I was like back to full-time and basically I remember clear as day, like I got the phone call from ABC World News and I called my husband and I was like, I can't do it if I'm still working. I either have to leap right now or tell them no, because I knew what it would do to our family. And my husband is very practical. And so we always thought that like, when we were thinking about whether Tiny Superheroes was viable, we thought about like, we would, you know, need this to be in place and this to be in place. And before I'd quit my job, you know, and of course, none of those things were in place. And (laughs) I quit my job. And It was definitely like a unified decision, but it was the biggest leap of faith that we had taken together. And it was terrifying, you know, because all of a sudden, all of those fears that you might fail creep in and everyone in your mind now is watching, you know. But the other thing that was tricky about that decision was that where I was working was a really amazing place. You know, we had amazing health benefits. They even like fed us three meals a day at work. It was crazy. And I mean, like, how could you ever give that up is what I was thinking. But that's kind of like just a testament to how much this reached my heart because I walked away from all of it, you know, and, and it really, I don't think has anything to do with me. It's just that if I can help other people see all of the beauty that is in the families that are going through this, like if it's enough to change my whole life, like I hope I can give a dose to that to other people. But yeah, I mean, quitting my job was huge. And every single step of the way since then, I feel like has been a continual leap of faith. It hasn't gotten easier yet. (laughs) I love that story because like you said, you thought you would kind of take the practical approach and have all these things in place before you quit your day job. But it just it kind of just didn't work out that way. Like you knew the influx of orders that you were about to get and you knew you had to have a way to kind of move that forward. So I'm curious, does the income that you bring in from tiny superheroes, particularly because you, you know, give a cape for every cape that is purchased, does that income has it has it surpassed what you used to make at your at the software company? Oh definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. So, you know, no. We What my husband and I kind of like agreed when we quit my job, because we were definitely a two income family. It's super expensive to live in Seattle. And it wasn't like we had room to like give up an income, especially if we were keeping our kid in daycare, which has been something else I've 
learned through this journey is about like, how do you manage children while trying to run a business? So we were like, okay, well, you know, it has to like supplement the income the same that your job did. And if it doesn't, then we'll like find a new job, you know, but that hasn't happened yet. I would say it definitely has ebbed and flowed. There have been times where, you know, we've been able to like pay me. (laughs) And then there've been definitely times where we haven't. And a lot of that is just working with like the cost of the cape, which I think it's funny when you talk about superhero capes, because people don't think of superhero capes on like, you know, the thousands scale and neither did I, but like, it's not cheap to make thousands of superhero capes. And really like we try to make them very quality and something that are more of a keepsake. And so it's not cheap to even make one. So up until this point, you know, I would say that the numbers don't work out in a way that would be sustainable, but I'm working towards changing the way that they're made to where it would be sustainable, which certainly takes hard decisions. You know, like I know that there's huge conversations about having work done overseas, but for us, you know, really, if I look at the viability of tiny superheroes, you know, without charging $100 for a superhero cape, I'm not going to be able to continue my mission the way I'm doing it now, if that makes sense. So it's very, very difficult. But I think that there is ways that tiny superheroes can be profitable. And sometimes we have seen that. But overall, it's definitely still just growing. (laughs) Do you think people who purchased a cape realize that they're purchasing more than just a cape they're purchasing also they're purchasing another one for somebody else do they view it that way or I really hope so and I would love any feedback that anyone's listening would have about our website because certainly that is what I hope to communicate through it in fact I think like up until now we've kind of had the opposite issue where I wasn't as clear that anybody could buy a cape And we really magnified like our mission because that is obviously what's important to me. But we weren't getting people buying capes just because. And that's really like I think where we're going to find like our sweet spot is when people do buy capes for just any kid, understanding that it gives something more. So when someone does buy a cape, they do receive information about the kid who got the donated cape which is kind of like another element that I love because it brings awareness and it it brings them into our circle. That is awesome. I love that idea. So you want to encourage people to buy a superhero cape even for their child who doesn't have a special need or isn't fighting a disease. Just a, you want everyone to be buying cake like with the idea that they're recognizing that they're just supporting the mission the overall mission of what you're doing yeah definitely I want everyone to buy a cape and the cool thing I think is that like we which I think we're kind of coming into like where it's kind of working is like that you know if I buy a cape for my nephew not only is he getting a present that hopefully he'll love but it's an opportunity for their family to like educate him and I think that one of the reasons why you know disabilities are viewed as different is because we don't have the opportunity to be around them all the time you know and so just like bringing it into their awareness at a very young age I think could make a huge difference which is kind of like what our trading cards are for and stuff like that so so really in giving a cape to someone you're also kind of giving them that which is 
I think, awesome. So it kind of connects them to the tiny superheroes who do have differences. Yes, I, th- I think that's an amazing idea. And like you said, you know, a lot of children with a disability, for example, they may be in a special education classroom, and so they're not even, you know, like typical kids are not maybe aware of those other children as much. Or, you know, if they're fighting an illness, well, then they may be in and out of the hospital and getting school at home. So, yeah, so a lot of kids don't know about all of those different things for sure. Yeah, I, I found that with me, you know, in my, um, I even kind of grew up, like my mom was a special school district teacher my whole life. And, and like, you know, probably I was exposed to more than normal, but I can't believe what I didn't know. And I'm so glad I know it now. And I have to say, too, I love your trading cards. They're super cute. Um, and I love how you, you know, you say the kid's name and then you list what you call their superpower. And so generally their superpower is whatever their illness or, you know, their disability is. And I love that you phrase it that way because, you know, that is that thing that maybe the rest of us view as a difference or a hindrance is something that actually can give them more strength and, you know, makes them the awesome kid that they are. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I know for, I mean, obviously thinking about Holden, it's like, well, arthrogryposis is his superpower because it makes his arms super crazy strong and it makes him do all these other cool things. And he's really tough and he's been through surgeries and yeah. So yeah, I, I really like that. So at what point did you start the buy one and then we send one to another child because early on it was just you were donating out of the goodness of your heart so how early did you start the buy one which then donates one as well scenario you know I I think I started that pretty early on I think first I had it where people could sponsor cape for a kid so like and we still have that option today. So if someone doesn't have someone they want to buy a cape for, they can basically just purchase a cape for a child on our waiting list. So I think that's kind of how it started. But then as I leaned more into like, I'm going to make this a for-profit company, that was kind of the model that I went with. I like, I love Tom Shoes and he wrote an amazing book. It's called Start Something That Matters. And I had already kind of like gone this direction before I read his book, but it just like really helped me see how possible an idea like that was. And I think people really genuinely want to give back, but also we all have these things that we need to fulfill for ourselves. And so it's like people are going to buy gifts for kids in their family. And if they can buy a gift for a kid in their family, that's also going to give back. It's just like an added bonus for them. So, you know, I can't remember exactly, but I mean, it was definitely in the first year that we started doing that. I think I went back and forth with like, do I want the capes to be something that is like unique and that only only these tiny superheroes have the capes, like there's something very special. And kind of like my next learning phase was learning what the siblings are going through and how extraordinary the siblings are and what a journey they're going through at the same time. And so I definitely wanted the siblings to have capes. We call them the sidekicks. And then I started seeing how children without special needs are so able to learn 
like more than we expect them to at a young age. And so it was like really neat to be able to have like a kid without special needs have a cape next to a kid with special needs with a cape. And all of a sudden they're united because of that. And and it breaks down barriers. So I, that's kind of how I got to this place where it was like, no, I want everyone to have superhero capes. I love that, that united approach. We're all superheroes together. I, I really love that. And I do love the fact that you went the for-profit route to make it a business instead of a, a not-for-profit because you're a great example that a business does not have to be all about you know, what the owner can get. Yeah. You're using your business to do good for others. So I, I love that you're a for-profit because you can still do awesome things for others as a for-profit business, Yeah, as you prove. I appreciate that. You know, definitely that is not a majority idea yet. You know, I mean, we're getting there and certainly there are people who have paved the way and I'm so grateful for that. And it, that's kind of what gives me confidence to just, trust my gut on it. Um, but you know, it, it definitely was not an easy decision, but daily I am confirmed that it was the right decision for my, for my group, you know, and the way that we're going to go forward. But mainly, you know, it was like, I I think that just like my skill set, like I said earlier is I want this to be something that lasts for a long time. You know, I want, and maybe it's not just superhero capes. I don't know. But like, I want tiny superheroes to be like an empowering thing for families. And I just I do think that the longevity of it is more sustainable if I can create it from the ground up as something that could go forward on its own without annual fundraising, which sounds so exhausting to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I have to say to Robin that your business model reminds me a lot of Rebecca Smith of Better Life Bags and you know even that struggle with getting to profitability because I know she faced that too she you know was getting all these sales and was really busy but it took a lot of trial and error to figure out how to make the business profitable but she totally has and she's still you know helping women through her business and so yeah I, I love what you're doing. Thank you. I'm gonna. I need to learn more about her business. Yeah, you're the second person that's brought that up to me. I need to look that up. Yeah, we've actually we've interviewed her on the podcast. So you can oh, hear awesome. <laughs> a little more of her story. I can't remember which episode it was, oh, but it fun. was okay. Awesome. It aired in July or August, something like that. So, okay. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I also love the American Express video that was done about your business. It's Oh my goodness. And of course, I'm, I, I did not expect myself to get so emotional on this interview. I don't know what's going on today. Maybe it's a surgery coming up for Holden or something, but that video totally made me tear up as well. And it's just, it tells the story of your business so beautifully. How did that come about? Yeah. So that video is just like, I'm so grateful for it. That came about very out of the blue. It's funny, every time I feel like I've been in a corner with tiny superheroes where I'm just like not sure of how I could possibly keep it going, we are blessed every time. And this was one of them. And American Express's marketing company just reached out to me through email and told me that American Express wanted to support our journey. And within like a week, they had 15 people at my house for three days filming and 
that was the result. So it was really amazing. It was just like an amazing experience. And you said it right. They like really captured the heart of my business in a way that I could, I never imagined they would. Has that publicity helped to increase your sales? Yeah, I would say when they pushed it out, so it's hosted on their YouTube channel, certainly it has been maybe more of a really great tool than actually something that has like generated direct sales that I could see. But for example, like recently there was an article on Upworthy.com about tiny superheroes that used the video and we had tons of sales as a result of that. So certainly it has helped, you know, but I... I'm not sure that just like its existence, you know, has helped, but the way that we've been able to like utilize it has been really powerful and and something that I am just so grateful to be able to share with people that I'm wanting to get on board with Tiny Superheroes. It's a very easy way to kind of show them what it's all about. Definitely. I have to say, when you reached out to me via email a week or two ago, Robin, I, of course, immediately went and checked out your website. And the video is, you know, one of the first things you see. And so immediately after watching that, I knew exactly what you're about, exactly what you did, your mission, your business. And not only that, I it resonated with me. And I was like, this is awesome. And I want to support this. And, you know, so I agree that just being able to have that video on your site or be able to have it be shared on other blogs or shared on social media is it's such an an amazing tool to share your mission. Thank you for that feedback. That's really good to know. Earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that it was kind of a struggle figuring out how to deal with managing your own children, I guess, while you were trying to manage this roller coaster ride of a business in addition. So how have you come through that struggle or, or how does a typical day look for you? Yeah, so I really think that owning a small business as a woman and having children has got to be one of the most complicated puzzles that ever existed. <laughs> and I certainly haven't figured it out. And then I also think, so I think there's kind of like two kinds of of moms, you know, one mom like wants to stay home and like raise their children that way daily, you know? And then there's someone like me who adores my children, totally wants to raise them, but really does need the other outlet. And so I like never really had in mind that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And so the first year when Tiny Superheroes started and I just had one son and he was already established in daycare, we just kept going with that. And so I just, instead of working at a software company, I now work for Tiny Superheroes and I kind of worked, you know, normal hours that my husband worked and, and it, it really kind of was working out. And then we had another kid <laughs> and everything changed. Um, And, you know, you think you know that it's going to change. And we certainly wanted another kid. And we thought we had thought through, like, the logistics. And we knew that it would be hard to work with a newborn baby. But I thought, like, oh, I can do it, you know. And then, like, I couldn't do it. (laughs) It just did not. It just so the first year of my second son, whose name is Milo, his life was so hard on everything in our life. He is such a blessing to our family, but we had to like reevaluate everything because like we couldn't afford daycare for him. So like our oldest son was in daycare and Milo wasn't in daycare. And 
I felt like I was giving 50% to everything. And so I felt like I was failing at everything as a mom and as a business owner and as a wife and trying to like keep my home standing. And that really is kind of what led us into moving back to St. Louis, where we did have more support. But what it looks like today is that last week, they, they'd they been in three days a week daycare, and I would work Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And to be honest, it just wasn't healthy for my brain. You know, like I'm just not able to be part-time at both. And so last week we started them in full-time daycare and it's totally a stretch financially, but we're kind of like giving it a go to see if that is going to be something that will help propel tiny superheroes to grow, which I think will essentially help our whole family as a whole. But I don't know that there is a, you know, there is a right answer. I talked to a lot of moms who are trying to do the same thing and it seems like everyone kind of comes up with their own equation and I don't think there's a right one or a wrong one. And, you know, you go back and forth between having guilt that he's in daycare. And then there's some days I'm like, I love that they're in daycare. Like they're thriving in daycare. And when they're home with me, I'm like trying to work, you know. So I just think it's just this really hard equation to balance. And I don't know that I'll ever have it figured out. But for today, what that looks like for our family is full-time daycare. And my brain feels a lot better, you know. I think you're exactly right, Robin, that there's not an answer that is the same for everybody, you know, because every family is different. Every mom is different. Every kid is different. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know for for Holden, he is such an extrovert that if he was home with me full time, he he would be incredibly unhappy. Uh huh. (laughs) So he I mean, even from when he first (gasps) came home to us at two and a half years old, every day he wanted to know where we were going and what we were doing. And if and if I happened to say that, well today we're just gonna be at home just you and me, buddy, he (laughs) was not happy. (laughs) I mean, even if like we would do fun things together and, you know, have set aside playtime or set aside story time, but like still at the heart and soul of who he is he wants to be around other people so I definitely I went through kind of a similar thing this year with you know school out here in San Diego he's in it's called transitional kindergarten and it's actually all day school and I felt really really guilty about that at first and felt like oh is he, he's not old enough I, I'm not sure if he's ready and man by the end of the first week I was sold because he loves it. He's doing amazing. He's coming home and he's learning so many new things too that, you know, even though I would try to teach him stuff at home, he's just, I think he's so much more receptive to somebody else. <laughs> teaching totally. And totally. looking around at his classmates and being like, oh, look how well they're writing. I want to write. I'm going to practice my writing more too. But then again, I think about in a different family, if they had a super introverted child who maybe couldn't they couldn't tolerate being around so many people all the time, then their choice and their plan for their family might look, you know, completely different. Totally. Yep. I have one of them too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Robin, we have so loved getting to know you and learning about your business and all the amazing things that you are doing. As we conclude, could you share with us a funny or adorable mom moment that you've had recently with your boys? Yeah, this is going to be just like full disclosure, you know, but (laughs) (laughs) 
we were eating dinner the other day, and so Rory is one and a half, and, or no, Rory's four, Milo's one and a half, and they really love each other in a very funny way. And so, like, Rory's running around in his underwear, and Milo's laughing hysterically, and we're, like, sending this video to back to our friends in Seattle who used to spend a lot of time with them. And they were talking, and they were like, you need, like, a, you know, like a live stream in your house of of what your kids are doing, you know? And I was like laughing, like, oh, you have no idea. So like the next thing we did was like go up to the bath and Rory and Myler are in the bath. And all of a sudden, like everyone is screaming and there is like poop everywhere. <laughs> and oh, no. Rory's like, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. And, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, like this is seriously our real life. And then you have to take them out, clean the bathtub, get all the toys out, and then you have to give them a bath, you know? And it's like, <laughs> it's like really good that at this point we can like, my husband and I can laugh about it because it's just like, you can't plan anything, you know? It, it was just like, yeah, you, you would really love a live stream of our life because this is what it's like. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, man. I have to say, I never thought being a mom would involve so much. Oh, Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's just disgusting. So it's so disgusting. It never ends. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Could you share with us, Robin, all the best places for everyone to find you and, and check out what you're doing and take a look at your capes and see what you're up to? Where can they find you online? So they can find us at tinysuperheroes.com. And many of our families post uh, photos of their tiny superheroes on our Facebook page, which is just facebook.com backslash tiny superheroes and at tiny superheroes on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. So it's so good to meet you both. It was so great talking with Robin today. If you're looking for the show notes, you can head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash BBM one two one. I'm always just so encouraged by women who are using their business to do good for other people who aren't just forming a business in order to collect gigantic paychecks for themselves. They're forming businesses to help their families and to help other people. And you can do that as a business. You can help others through your business. If you would like to be encouraged and inspired by other brilliant business moms such as Robin, I would encourage you to to join our Brilliant Business Moms community. When you sign up for our email list, within a couple weeks, you'll get an invitation to our private Facebook group. And I have to say, our private Facebook group is filled with the most encouraging women, knowledgeable women, helpful women, women who are doing amazing things with their businesses and willing to help others that are just getting started on the road to creating a business. It's the perfect place to connect with other like-minded women, whether you are brand new to business or whether you are a seasoned business owner. It's a great place to share your victories or to share your struggles. And and Bethann and I just love interacting with the women in that private Facebook group. So please join our email list. Get involved in the Brilliant Business Moms community. Let us know how we can help you. Let us know how we can serve you as you are forming and creating your own business.
to help your family, and to help others. I hope you're having a great day. Now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant.